Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, DGens and DGenettes, to another episode of the Alfalfa Podcast. We are four radically moderate entrepreneurs and investors swimming in the messy gray ocean, serving up alpha in money, politics, and life. We are Nick Urbani, Eric Johansson, Stephen Cesaro, and I am Arman Asadi. All links at alfalfapod.com. Make sure to hit subscribe wherever you are listening or watching on YouTube and follow us on the socials. And most importantly, hop in our Discord to join the community for the after party and more Alfalfa. Welcome back to the Alfalfa podcast for another episode. We're back. We're doing it. I'm excited for this one. Culture popcorn. Cultural popcorn? Political popcorn? Political popcorn? popcorn? I don't know. I like political popcorn. That's a working title. Eric prefers culture, though. I'm I just don't Eric. like talking about politics so much. I cultural, like talking about culture. Culture, Eric, bro. Eric doesn't like politics. He's more of a culture guy. I mean, yeah. I am, too. You guys I nobody po- likes. I, I like politics. Yeah, well, you guys are boring. I like the blood sport. <laughs> you're boring. You're, you're going, you're, you know what? You're, your face is stupid. I've, I've learned to love politics. I used to not give a shit about politics before. thought it was... I Actually, my, my root belief is still the same, that it's just garbage. Boring. Ah, uh, it's that's what I that's where I've changed. It's not boring anymore to me. It's just still nothing but <sighs> you know what's more fun? Hmm. Culture. Yeah, okay. Let's talk, let's call it a, a cultural popcorn. So, um, <laughs> Steven, what uh what's going on with Twitter? I did not know this. Yeah, I did are you on Twitter? No. Must be nice. Yeah. So no. I, I'm on Twitter. I spend like 10 minutes a week on as, Twitter. As some of you know. So I, I heard about this within about three seconds of it happening, um, unfortunately. But Elon's buying Twitter again, apparently. That's, I love this news. So I, I don't know if you guys also saw, but the, the day before he put out a uh, peace plan for like Russia, Ukraine, which I thought was like pretty reasonable. I, I'm trying to think what it was off the top of my head. I think he said, uh, we redo elections in the disputed regions, but make sure that they're fair. We give Russia Crimea and Russia does something. I don't know. It's, it seemed reasonable. It seemed like the inevitable conclusion of what's happening to me. Um, but then Zelensky and the, you know, the diplomat guy from Ukraine, which I think is his technical title. Uh, was basically like, I think he literally said, uh, respectfully and diplomatically, fuck you. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was the tweet back? Yeah. It, and it, it was, it was very, there was a lot of hate uh, going at Elon actually, which I thought was really interesting. I, I've never quite understood like the, the Ukraine Russia stuff. Like I, I go back and forth on it and it seems like a very confusing issue to me, but there are these people on Twitter who are just like, like just rapidly pro Ukraine to the point where it seems like they would just like blow up the entire world over it, which is not very pragmatic to me. But anyway, it seems like Elon went home and just thought about this and just woke up the next day and was like, I'm buying Twitter. Oh, really? I I don't know if there's a correlation, but that's sort of what happened. Okay. Yeah. He just came out the next day. He's like, I'm buying Twitter again. I don't feel like that has any correlation whatsoever. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like he got backed into a deal. You don't, you don't, you don't not know that. I don't not know that, but like, here's something, Mr. Twitter, um, like five minutes ago, I just read that, um, the people funding the deal for Elon to buy Twitter are trying to back out now. Now that he wants to do the deal again, this is as a five minute. So we'll see how this, oh, how well God. this whole episode ages. But. So maybe 
this is just a scam. He's running again, knowing it. Because <laughs> I kind of felt like the first time he was buying Twitter, he was just doing it to dump his Tesla shares. You know, he's like, ah, guys, I need, li- <laughs> yeah. I need liquidity. I thought maybe I'm buying he went, Twitter. I thought Sorry. he maybe just went long common Twitter shares like five days ago. And was like, no, I'm back on. And then well, well, to- well, there's another conspiracy running around now that he intentionally it's backed out of the deal so that his financiers could gobble up a bunch of stock only to have him re-announce that he's buying Twitter and then they get rich and then he has to put less of his own money in. I did absolutely no vetting on that conspiracy. Right. It was well, tweeted Twitter by is some a, random guy like, I follow. Factually, Twitter is up 22% since the announcement. It, it hit like a circuit breaker, right? Didn't yeah, they have to yeah. halt trading? It went up so fast. Yeah, so... People love throwing conspiracies around with Elon. Everyone assumes he's up to no good always. Well, it's just two camps, right? It's the camp of like, you know, he's here to save free speech and he's an unbelievable entrepreneur. And and then there's the camp of like, this guy's up to no good and he's a car salesman. So what do you, what's your take personally on this uh, endeavor to like buy Twitter? You think that's... Uh, Oh, just, Armand definitely hates it. He's definitely not in favor of Elon owning Twitter. Of of like him just even doing it in yeah, general? Yeah, like what do you think is his motivation? Oh, know? his motivation. I don't think anyone will ever know his true motivation. Oh, I know. I think it's pretty straightforward. It's I think pretty he, straightforward. I think he just wants it to be a little more free speechy. Like he just wants there to be a a, a town square kind of vibe. I oh, I'm even, I'm even more cynical. Uh, that wasn't even cynical, actually. That wasn't was not cynical. cynical. <laughs> I was just taking him for face. I'm so confused at this reaction right now. I'm taking him for face value. You're both acting like I said it's a little bit gray. And then you're like, it's very face value. And you're I think we have a lot of precedent for this. No, I don't think it's conspiracy. I think when you become like super, super rich, it's like this natural thing where you're like, you know what? I need media. It's like Bezos. Rich is so rich. And he's like, I need the press. I need a newspaper. He buys Washington Post. Buys Washington Post. And it and it has tons of utility for you as like an uber rich person, right? You can control a lot of the narrative and do stuff. And like you can do things like they, they, even if That's even the if the Washington Post. of the entire premise of the the whole reason he wants Twitter. That's the reason that he, he says. Okay. I'm saying what people's motive. You're like, I have no idea yeah, why think about what you're rich saying. guy so would buy saying, Twitter. So you're saying he's not <laughs> going to. You're saying it's going to be worse. He's going to control the algorithm no, in his favor? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that's you guys are like, saying. why does he want to buy Twitter? It's a mystery. I don't know. And I'm like, well, it's, I'm just it's taking because he's really rich. And, and rich he's, people he's want to buy media challenging companies. the face value statement. But you're challenging the face value statement by basically saying that by controlling the platform, he'll control speech in his favor or use it as a tool in his toolkit because now he's the richest man in the world and he wants to control the major media outlet. You, you think you're going a st- I think you're going a step further. I don't think he necessarily wants to control, but he wants the ability to have some elements of control like in his tool belt. Like why why does Bezos want the Washington Post? He doesn't want the Washington Post because of its epic cash flows. He no. wants it because it's like a useful asset. But hold. the Washington Post could not be more different than Twitter. How so? There's a small group of writers that perpetuate ideas and they go directly from the top down. Twitter is a public open town square where he wants to protect free speech. I mean, you know, and they I, could I, not I would, be more different. I would I feel argue like you're you joking have with that question. way more power controlling Twitter than with well, the post. Like if you believe you Bezos has a difference, the difference is web one versus web yeah, two. If, if you believe Bezos is. has somewhat nefarious means for buying the post, it would be way more effective to have Twitter. Like, if anything, Twitter is infinitely way more valuable to have as, like, an evil billionaire than, than the post. I'm not saying Elon is an evil billionaire. I'm just saying, like, 
if you had infinite money, it would be a nice thing to own. If what you're saying is correct, I just want to make sure I'm being very precise in my in my words here. <laughs> if what you're saying is correct, it would be a worse Twitter than Twitter today. What? No, what I'm saying has nothing to do with the quality of Twitter. <laughs> Are we getting lost in a weed here? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm not saying that. No. How about how about you're like- absolutely saying that. <laughs> you're saying that if the billionaire buys Twitter, and he's stating that his reason is is to remove all of the censorship and bias that exists and to remove all of the problems like bots and the laundry list of things that he wants to improve. He does that, but then he does it to have some, the next step has to come at play to what you're saying. There has to be a reason. Yeah. What's the nefarious, what's the nefarious part? I'm not saying it's nefarious. I'm saying it's very obvious. If you're a very, very rich man and we have tons of precedent for this, very, very wealthy men eventually look to acquire Large media conglomerates. And it's a if thing. if he did anything that was nefarious, it would be just exactly what it is today, if not worse, and people would obviously have I'm not saying he's doing anything nefarious. All I'm saying is, like, it's not a mystery as okay, to why. So and he doesn't need some, like, weird free I'm speech I'm not having motive. fun with this conversation. <laughs> let's, let's take this in a different direction. Do you think the deal is actually going to go through? I have been, no Do idea. you think the deal is actually going to go through? That sounds like it is, but, like, I... Yeah, I think I think he's having my chain yanked one too many times. I think his hand is being forced almost because he like agreed to it. I don't think he wants to buy Twitter at the fifty four billion dollar valuation that he agreed on. But I'm I'm thinking that now he's agreeing to it because he has to. Like I don't think that the market environment has gotten better. Right, it's gotten worse. Valuations have come down for him to be like, okay, fine, fifty four billion. After knowing that there's all bots, like this is not like him in like a arm's length transaction being like, yeah, this is probably uh, the intrinsic value of the asset. No, I think, I think. I don't see why he would lose the case though. It's a very, very steep battle going to court and getting somebody to like purchase something like that. So like, I feel like there's something else up here and it doesn't make any sense to me. What is really weird is did you, maybe you guys didn't know this cause you don't live on crypto Twitter like me, but it was a big meme going around crypto Twitter yesterday where everybody was just saying like, MetaMask, Coinbase support, lost seed phrase. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then people are like, just to get the engagement. Where are all the bots? Oh, no, yeah, like the bots the, are gone. The bots, they're not totally gone. Like people are posting screenshots of a couple bots. Oh. But it's so weird. Like Elon does this, and then the, immediately 85% of the scam bots are gone. Even just the, the threat of uh, free market competition sort of improves the process. Like, hmm. why? Hmm. Why? All, all these different questions of like, what's the real motivation? What's really happening behind the scenes? I find these kinds of questions to be really challenging. That's why the only thing that you can do, unless you want to really, you know, put the tinfoil hat on and, and like go down the rabbit hole on all these different ideas, which can be fun. It's just not my shtick. I take it at face value and I look at this and I, I don't know what his motivation is to now be back in the deal. But what it appears like to me is that the guy genuinely cares about the reason that he stated is that he wants to provide a free speech platform. And that in order to build out this, you know, app that does everything, he might as well build it on an app that already has a fuck ton of users and the building blocks of everything that he needs. It has the communication aspect. Now he just wants to make it like the WeChat of America or of of the world, really. And this allows him to do that much more easily. So like, I think his motivation is pure. I think the guy just gets bored sometimes. I think instead of looking at things in such a cynical way, the way I look at them is like, okay, your first thing that you shared with us was like that he went on Twitter and he shared a peace plan. That's incredible. 
he has the time to do that, to think about that and formulate that and then post that. And everyone loves to shit on him because he's one of the most popular people in the world. He does have a suspicious amount of time to tweet. Incredible amount of time. The way he's able to actually run multiple companies, tweet, formulate world-changing ideas. And then, you know, we're going to get into this in the next episode. You know, Tesla bot, all this stuff happening is absolutely remarkable. The guy does not get enough credit. There are way too many haters out there. So I am going to remain in the supporter camp for as long as possible. For, for and the, I may be proven wrong and I may record. eat my words, by the way. He may end up being a fucking con artist. And I'll be like, okay, well, you know, it didn't work out. Only history can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Only, for, only... For, for the record, I think Elon owning Twitter is great for Twitter. I'm much happier having Elon own Twitter than the current, like, commies who own it like it's just like a yeah it's just ridiculous the even, way the thing is run right now even uh jack left for the same reason he's like this yeah. shit sucks so uh what's next on our list here what else can <laughs> <we do? laughs> i'm oh, starting to just, pick just, up just, on just, some eric patterns by the way we're gonna come across another work on eric's segues well when we talk about jordan peterson eric's gonna lose it he's gonna oh, want to yeah. exit that conversation immediately i think he has like a guru no, thing no, and, uh, maybe. and uh, there's a little bit of a guru well, thing. Uh, he's just like a kid who's like, you give him a toy and he's like, I, I'm bored with this toy. And he throws it against the wall. <laughs> Let's not just like, get lost new, in the semantics here and there. Uh, yeah, that, okay, that's one of them. All right. Anyway, Getting lost. I like that. Next thing in our little list here. Um, we don't have to hit this like a laundry list, though. We're having a conversation here. All right, go to the next thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me just organically bring it up. Like, guys, did you hear about this thing that happened at NYU the other well, day? Well, I guess we have to pivot now. Did you Did you hear? Did you what? hear? Ooh, what? Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, apparently, this organic chemistry teacher who uh-huh. was like renowned as like an expert in his field <laughs> was fired by the school because his students signed a petition saying that his class was too hard. Oh, thank God it's not another freaking sex crime or something. Okay. No, no sex crimes Great. here. Just, right. just a guy. So what happened? He was too hard? Yeah, he was uh, failing a lot of kids. Um, they got together. They signed a petition. Uh and you know, this was a biology class, right? Organic chemistry. Chemistry, that's right. Which, by the way, is notorious for just pretty tough ruining class. people's lives. Pretty tough class. It is, and it's all rote memory. And apparently the guy was very big on actually getting down to basics and teaching people how to think. Ooh. And people didn't like that. Ooh. I don't like that. Look at that. I love that. Look at that nuance here. Look at that. Oh, man. We did our homework, Steve. I, I, I love that you, you dug into this. So, I mean, look, organic chemistry, we've all, you know, basically everyone has taken some form of chemistry class. Tough class. It's a very tough class. But most of the education system, in particular science, uh, like, like science cl- courses that a person would take, are all rote memory. You literally have to sit and memorize textbooks. This guy wrote the organic chemistry textbook. And I think he was on his fifth edition and now who knows what the conspiracy is behind the scenes. I think you were saying that there was apparently, you were saying offline, that- so Somebody somebody pulled an interesting snippet from the New York Times article where it mentions that the students were like griping about, the, they were sharing the problems in a, a group chat, a group me chat and talking about it. And this guy was like, oh, these motherfuckers were cheating. And this guy was just making the- Test harder, you know, because like the counter the cheating. <laughs> Sounds cool to me. In fact, I think like here's here's where I think this is very interesting. I've we've all been in that like position. You've been in the class, and you you know you got to pass it, and it's a, an important class on your way to becoming potentially a, a doctor and getting an MD. And you can't get your MD if you don't pass that class. 
And these were, these are medical students, right? I think. I mean, a, a, a large, large, large swath of the kids in that class are, are on their to way to. Med- yeah. You yeah. don't, you don't take that if you're like a lesbian yeah. dance theory major. And so to them, they're just like, or maybe okay, you do. this know. is a, this is a, a class on the way to, <laughs> I can't even process <laughs> what he lesbian just said. Lesbian dance theory. <laughs> is that what he said? Lesbian dance theory. I didn't even process major. that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That might be a real major. It could. Damn it, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> so they got to pass the class. They're pissed you, off. You asked for this. I love this. <laughs> this is this is what I need. This is my speed. They're on the way to getting that degree. Uh, old man, you know, Mister Textbook, Mister Popu- Mister Popular, you know, who nobody really probably likes because he's a tough teacher. We've all been there. Is getting in the way. And attacking back at the students that he thinks are cheating or finding an edge, right? And so, on the one hand, you look at you look at the professor and you say, like, "Well, good for him! Like, he's 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 challenging back and he's trying to teach these kids how to think, and that you can't just memorize your way out of this. You got to get to the fundamentals, the first principles of organic chemistry, and you can only solve you can only pass these tests by like actually getting down to the root of how this stuff works, which is actually pretty cool if you ask me. But then when you put yourself in the student's shoes, it's like well, shit, like one class can't take over your life. Like if it's really that hard and most people are failing, they're going to complain and they're going to do something about it. And you have this entitled culture today where it's like, I'm paying a lot of money to go to NYU. And I know that the purpose of that is to receive an education. But my outcome is what? To get a degree so that I can get a high paying job, to pay off my student loans and to make enough money to have a successful career. So if you are the student you do have a bit of a sense of uh, you owe me type of attitude because you're paying a lot of money. And the culture of university has changed to where people realize this is a bit of a scam. And the ones that are there typically getting the degrees these days are the doctors, the scientists, the engineers. And they are there to get the degree and get out and get to work and make money. So I can understand it from both sides. And it's actually a pretty interesting situation. I think it's a bingo, a bingo on your part. Like what I realized in looking at this is like, uh, a validation of the idea that these students are customers and like the customer is always right type of mentality. And it's like, you know, they're like the school has no obligation to like teach these kids to go get a job. The school has an obligation to like do the bare minimum to like service them to uh, collect their checks and then be like, see, we taught you. Uh, so like, to me, it's like, Sure, students rise up and then the school's like, oh, yeah, okay, here you go. Just stop But that's stop broken. It's broken, oh, right? Oh, totally. It's God completely right broken. It's, broken. it's like what we really need to be doing is not charging the students that much, providing the best education possible, and drawing a very firm line in the sand and saying, you're not passing this class until you actually understand how this shit works. Because the point is to educate you, to make you the smartest, most knowledgeable person possible for this endeavor that you're about to embark upon of becoming a doctor and chopping people up and doing surgery on them. That's probably important to understand. Maybe not organic chemistry, but whatever. You I, got know? A, I got another question for you guys. Does this free this professor up to then do some online lecture series on his own accord that's like taught by him where people who want to actually learn from the best can go straight to straight to the source. Because like when you go like the, the whole process of being a doctor, right. Is inherently not free market. Like we've sort of gated the people who can like even be a medical school. And then there's these like organizations and they sort of protect 
their thing, right? So you have this like gated community that basically decides who can come in and who can't. And what that means is that like, if you go take some organic chemistry class on YouTube and you get like an amazing degree on YouTube and you go past the MCAT, I, I don't know if you'd get in the school, probably Probably not Probably because not. you didn't go through the process. You, you didn't go, go through, through the, the select. Yeah. yeah. You have to go through the institutions and all the chosen people. So that, I mean, but that's one of the problems of the secondary education system in, in, in general is that like, it is just this like certification, like stamping thing. And like you said, the economic incentives are totally fucked because if you're NYU, every student is like 250 grand to you basically. So anytime you, anytime one of them fails, anytime you tell one of them to shut up, and the it's a lot of money a, out the The teacher's door. just a cost center. Like you can replace that son of a bitch with, like, with the next guy in line. Correct. Because like there's, there's no alignment of economic incentives, right? Like if, if the, if the colleges like actually had to deal with like the, like if the money they charge was directly tied to future earning potential or something, then maybe they would care. There we go. But it doesn't. They like they they put on these like weird vanity metrics, like the graduation rate or the average GPA, as though as if that's like a meaningful thing, <laughs> yeah. right? And it promotes grade inflation. It promotes this like mentality of like I'm entitled to get good grades here. I need to be a like some of these quotes are like hilarious, where it's just like I I need to be a doctor and like he's ruining my life because I can't. But their point is valid. No, it's not. Like, if you can't pass an organic (laughs) chemistry class, maybe you shouldn't be cutting somebody open. In the current situation, the way that the education system is designed, it is valid. If things were different and they were designed the way they should be, then they are completely wrong. I like that. What? I I like it. No, I don't like that at all. Next topic. Either you know the information. You bag, either man. you know the information, and you can cut the guy open, or you don't. No, because I don't care they're about currently the rest of the, they're the currently system. a customer. They're currently a customer. They have a right to be entitled because the entire thing is broken. Here's the here's the other side of this whole situation. These professors, these good ones, they're all gone, and anyone who's left, they have a very short lifespan remaining of, of teaching years. And for them, for a person, for, for any intelligent professor to stick around and deal with this level of political madness, and I, I would even call it just pure corruption at this point, the system is so broken that for someone to do this, they're doing it out of like pure laziness. They have the job, they earned it. They already committed to a lifetime of this. What else are they going to do? But the reality is they don't care anymore. They can't care anymore. They can't fight back anymore. They can't actually even stand their ground anymore. If this professor were to actually show up and be like, no, this is the way it's going to be. And the reason it's going to be this way is because you need to learn this shit the way that I tell you, you need to learn it because my job is to prepare you for the world. Everyone's going to be like, fuck this guy, not take the class with him. He gets fired. That's, isn't that pretty much what happened? Yeah. You guys agree. You (laughs) guys agree on this. I don't agree with this. Well, I, I actually want to change the whole format of this where I get to like, <laughs> I'm the judge. I get to give out points. Beep, 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 okay. beep, 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 beep. Right. And uh, right now I want to give some points. Beep, 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 beep. So like, uh, <laughs> well, what's the next topic? I feel like we... What are these It's called popcorn. Let's pop it up. We only, how many do you think we have here? We got, we got a lot to do. We got a lot. <laughs> 
We're having conversations. <laughs> just burning oh, through the topics. Oh my God. Just, just burning through them. out of my ass at the end of this. No, this is good. Oh man! All right, Eric's gonna cut this one down in like three minutes. We're no, not even gonna is, have. I think this is gonna be a, okay. Even you're better. giving us you're giving this us is, a good fifteen minutes. This is Armand's chance to shine. No, this is, no, this, this is, this is Armand's chance. To reason shine. for being. Watch like, this is this <laughs> is watch Stephen and I just get triggered right now. Okay. Oh, I'm not gonna get triggered. Yeah, sure you are. No, I'm not. Let's see. All right. Steve's so, never been triggered in his life. I don't get triggered. Uh, I, I get incensed at <laughs> the illogic that's being thrown at me. No, he right? only gets, so do I. He only gets triggered by randoms. Like he doesn't get triggered in <clears> a <throat> in a conversation like this. Okay. I do get triggered by completely stupid shit. Yeah. So so Steven, your incel god hero, Jordan Peterson. Your incel god no, hero. Your, no, your <laughs> incel Steven, god. Your hero. incel god. Your incel okay, god. Okay, somebody your hero. this off. Somebody leave it off. <laughs> Broke down in tears. What a wuss. Wow. Broke down in tears. Look at this headline. Over villain role in new Olivia Wilde movie. Can you believe this headline? They have to call out the fact that he broke down in tears. He is a bit of a wuss. It's not a wuss. Okay. Oh, oh, hold on. Oh, okay. We got him. Let him lead the All right. Subject. Tell me why he's a wuss. Let tell him me lead what, the topic. No, 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 no. Steven, no. lead it. I'm, okay. Steven, I'm, lead the topic. What, what's going on here? <laughs> Eric's literally the judge here today. <laughs> yeah. Like, keep it going. Yeah. I, I, I did the, think this was interesting. Uh, Jordan Peterson was on Piers Morgan. And he that literally sucks, by the way, he does kind of suck, although he's he's gotten a little better. He's gotten better. He used to suck more. OK, but still not great. Anyway, uh, Piers Morgan asked him about how he felt that like uh, Chris Pine played him in this uh, new uh, Olivia Wilde movie. Uh, what was it called? Don't worry, darling. Um, and he's sort of this like cultish, like incel leader in the movie. And Olivia, they, they're basically like, yeah, it's Jordan Peterson. Just very directly, it's it's Jordan. Wait, Peterson. the actors, them, the actors themselves, so the creator of the movie. Oh, the creator. Yeah, of the movie like, yeah, it's it's Jordan Peterson. Okay, so Piers asked him how he felt about this, and he said some words, and then sort of broke into tears. And then um, I, I don't know if you Googled some of this, Armand, but you probably got very upset because if you Google Jordan Peterson cries, like you'll just get like pages on Google of people writing these like opinion pieces, like dunking. He Jordan cries Peterson all the time. cried. Good. He cries, he cries <laughs> in every interview. I mean, most of his interviews. Crying is a sign of uh, passion. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. He's a, he's, he's, a, he's a bit of a crier, but like, I, I mean, yeah, we but could, I can explain why he we, we could we could take a lot of angles. Well, let's keep going. Like, what's the what's the point here? So so Jordan Peterson cried because uh, they portrayed him in a movie in a negative light. Or? No, 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 no. Let's <laughs> let's let's slow down a little bit here. And yeah. all of these points are important. Explain right? the topic. Look, you this lady Olivia Wilde based a character on who she believes Jordan Peterson is. Olivia Wilde wrote the movie. Yeah, the actress yeah. wrote this movie. Okay, wrote or directed. Cool. Wrote and directed. I think. Uh, I'm not sure. Do you know? And she banged Harry Styles on the set, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. A, There's a lot of drama with this movie. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of drama. She's a true movie. renaissance and woman. She's got, she's got the looks. She's got the, she's think, got the creativity. Um, what's his face? Sh- Shia LaBeouf or whatever was also part of this or supposed to be part of this. He's banging somebody in here? I don't know who's banging who anymore. He's probably banging Chris Pine. And <laughs> the real, real free-for-all. Character was based. character was based on Jordan Peterson. When Jordan Peterson heard about this, um, his daughter actually first like reacted to it and, and then Chris, uh, Williamson reacted to it and various other people on YouTube reacted to it. And 
the reaction that is factual and proper is absolute confusion and dismay. That's the appropriate reaction. But what this tells me about the overall, it's, it's just a fascinating observation of how people in this day and age are interpreted in the mainstream media. That's what this is about. It's about the fact that a clinical psychologist, a prolific, one of the most well-cited clinical psychologists, one of the most popular thought leaders of our time, was called a pseudoscientist by the director of this movie. She literally called him a pseudo-intellectual pseudo hero to the incel community. The number of times Jordan Pearson has even addressed, first of all, I don't think he even knows what an incel is until he was told. The number of times he's even addressed a statement to incels, which I didn't even know what that word meant until Stephen told me, was is, is like twice. And the only time he's addressed it is, I think he gets like questions in a Q&A format. And there was like once on Joe Rogan and once on like a Q&A where basically the, the question came up from like a young man just being like, I have no hope. I am a virgin. I don't think I'll ever be with anybody. Women don't like me, don't want me. And he literally did the typical Jordan Peterson thing, which his MO is like, straighten up your shoulders, put, the, put some fucking responsibility on your back, clean up your life and make yourself desirable. And it is not, but incels believe, if I'm not, if I'm, I might, if I'm not mistaken, tell me that the problem is women. <laughs> Stephen, tell us all about Stephen the incel. <laughs> I just spent a lot of time in the forums. Yeah, I know. But they believe the complete opposite. Women are the problem. And they've chosen to take like what, the black pill and relieve themselves of all responsibility. They will never even attempt because they have been deemed unworthy. Whereas he's saying, no, you can be worthy. And, and the funniest part about this is of all the things that you could use to characterize Jordan Peterson, clinical psychologist who's helped people with anxiety, depression, uh, the psychological significance of the Bible, um, Jungian analysis and psychology, uh, dreams, fucking everything, meaning of life, everything other than, than this topic. And that's the way he gets characterized. That tells me so much about the zeitgeist. And anybody who attempts to put themselves out there just gets smacked and beaten and well, that's always been slapped true. with Steven's I mean, new pickleball paddle. But you knew that. I mean, that was, you knew that, that was always the I case. know that, but it's very unfortunate. And one more point, the reason he cried and or cries, the reason he cries and it's, it is, it is, it is different. I've never seen anything quite like it, but as a person who I think I, I can understand it, the reason he cries, I, I think, I believe is because he is such a deep thinking philosophical person who's so in tune with his own mortality and other people's emotions that the idea that some people have even falsely chosen him to be this like inspiring figure to him is that touching. So his response, and I didn't see this clip, but based on what's written here that Stephen wrote, his response to Pierce Morgan was like, yeah, fine. 
Sure. Okay, sure. Why not? Yeah, why not? You know, he does <laughs> great Jordan Pearson. It's like Actually, such a good So Jordan I'm going to pass to you and you have to do the Jordan Pearson. But literally, instead of fighting it, instead of being like, no, that's not correct. He's like, you know what? That's the way people see me. That's the way I'm seen. Fine. He's thinking <coughs> so much bigger than this bullshit. He's way too smart for this stuff. So, and then it touches him and he's like, if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. He's playing the long game. Okay, so Armand doesn't like Jordan at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I have, have my issues with him. I, I have I, my issues with I, him. I have a, it, it's fine. I, I like Jordan. I, Jordan is interesting to me because like I've read his not all of his books. The other I, I don't the other two I, I tried, but but I, I read Twelve Rules for Life and I've I've watched a ton of his videos and I, I used to be like very into him and I and I still like him. Um I just sort of like, I'm, as you know, I'm wary of getting like overly attached to people. Um, but I do think it's fascinating because there is a segment of the political spectrum that seems to hate him to the, to the point where they feel it necessary to literally write a movie and write him into it. Right. So I'm, I'm just curious, why, why do you think that a certain segment of, we'll, we'll call it the political left, because it, it does seem to exclusively come from there, why do these people hate him so much? It's a great question. Um, and I want to say one uh, previous point. First of all, the reason I like Jordan Pearson, and I was joking about Pierce Morgan, I, I like everybody. I like anybody who makes an attempt to share their ideas with the world and puts themselves out there. Because that is a very challenging thing to do and a very brave thing to do, especially someone who's a teacher, like a professor of any kind, like a Jordan Peterson, an intellectual, putting those ideas out there is extremely brave. So I like anybody and I never look at someone's personality. I mean, I might laugh about it with you guys and go, the little shtick, that, that thing that they have is funny. But that's just like the human side of it. You know, we all like to, to laugh at each other. I might have a little thing that I do on this podcast. It's just funny. I can laugh at myself. But at the heart of the matter, I like these people. I like all these people. And I don't worry about getting overly attached to somebody and their ideas because I also see the mistakes that they make and I'm objective about them. I see the mistake. I see the, the, the things that Jordan Pearson has said sometimes. Some of them, like he just gets too angry. He gets too loud. He gets too whatever it might be. He gets too aggressive sometimes. But generally, I think the reason that he triggers the left so much is because he bathes in nuance. They simply cannot tolerate that level of detail. They don't listen to what he's saying. They literally are not listening. They are hearing words in order to respond, to position him in a way that he has an evil, uh, immoral, bigoted idea in order to show separation of that person and their ideas from their narrative. As you know, as someone who spent a lot of time in that world, you don't have a choice when you work with very progressive people. You either repeat the mantra or you're out. And if you say something that's different, they don't become curious. They don't go, what's that? You think the homelessness problem is what now? There's a detail there? No, 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 no. They don't listen to that dismissed, out. What did you say about homeless people? Oh, you- Canceled. Hate, canceled. You hate homeless people? We're not having a discussion. Wait, wait, wait. Do you mean that homeless people are blah, blah, blah? So there's no discussion. There's no back and forth. And that's why they hate him. Because he's easy 
he's easy to, to mischaracterize because when he answers a question, it's a 30-minute answer. It's never, here's what I believe. That's, that, that's what I think. What do you think? What do you think is the reason he gets so mischaracterized? Do you think he gets mischaracterized? I think he does. I think most figures on each side get characterized. Like I, I, I think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who I'm not like an enormous I fan love of. the way you say right? her name. <laughs> Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge fan of her. I think there are things that she does that are worth admiration. She's obviously very good at particular things that she does, but like, She's sort of like a cartoon villain of the right. And I think each side obviously has a tendency to like reduce these people into the, this like caricature of things they say. Um, I don't know if it's that people on the left think that like they, they hate nuance. I, I think like Jordan legitimately says things about um, like women, for example, that they, I, I think badly interpret as like, like really misogynistic kind of let's put women back in the kitchen, you know, type thing, you know, women wear lipstick in the workplace to look, you know, sexually attractive. He's like, he says a bunch of stuff that I can see why people think is inflammatory. Although I sort of understand why it comes from, um, but he's never made a statement like that. He points to data. He points to his clinical practice. I mean, he said that and what he's saying, I, I think is sort of correct from like a cold calculating, like a uh, social psychology perspective where yes. you're just like, this is the way the it world is. is. And I, I would, and that makes people uncomfortable. I would tend to agree. Um, I, I, I also think that, and, and th this sort of relates to the whole like Trump phenomenon, like there, sure. I guess you could say that the right does this too, but like just talking about the left for a second, like th there is an element of society who they like kind of like hate, like really despise. Like they, they hate this sort of like, uh, middle America white man type figure, you know, the kind of classical, like ah, I used to work in the mines or right? like they, they hate they're all like sort of alt right incels who spend their time on like 4chan and they're racist. Like, and so, so I think anybody who talks to them, I think they sort of see as a threat because they're sort of talking to somebody who they view as like just terrible people. And I think it's like admirable that Jordan looks at these people and says like, yeah, you know, you're not, you're not the scum of the earth. Like if you do some things and, you know, get your life together and clean your room or whatnot, like, I, I think that's totally good. I've, but I, I, I do think it's interesting at like why these people like sort of like hate this subset of America and they put them all in this like box of like scum and villainy basically. And it's, it's, it's obviously sowing a lot of division because it's it, it ties in with that like old like Hillary Clinton like deplorables yeah. quote right it's just they, there is this mindset of the political left or the the these the segment of America and the world that is just sort of like outside the box they're beyond redemption they're not worth talking to they're disgusting we should just cut them out of like our, our like society like some tumor or something um, so I think that's kind of where it comes from both sides absolutely do play the same game they just have a different way of characterizing each other the right loves to say that anyone on the left is just like an idiot commie yeah. and that they don't understand how the world works and that their ideas are stupid and broken and any chance they get they don't they don't give it a chance either like i follow i follow one of these uh, pages these 
right-leaning pages, uh, the Hodge twins, you introduced me to them. These two, yeah. <laughs> these two funny uh, black twins, Republican black twins. They're so they're funny. funny. They just do the same they're thing so every funny. video, though. But it's, they just go, yeah. Dude, you do that really well. <laughs> but like th- th- Biden could breathe and they'll hate on him, you know? And it's like, it's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Biden's eating some ice cream. <laughs> Pretty much. They literally just, just the take guys that. Like, Joe Biden's eating some ice cream. Dude. Wait, let's cut that out. That sounded kind of No, racist. no. It was great. It was, <laughs> I was great. trying to do an impression. No, but I'm this sorry. is the new meme. This is the new meme. <laughs> just give me your best Chinese. No, I'm, 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 I'm canceled enough already. So I thought, I thought so, you made a good point is that, um, you know, I don't, I don't watch Jordan Peterson and I haven't watched this movie either. But I think you touched on something you touched on something that is, I think, accurate where it's like, you know, let's even just use us as an example, not Jordan Peterson. It's like we think that we represent uh, swimming in the messy gray, talking about nuance, digging into complex topics. But anyone can receive that message in their own way. So like who is to say that Jordan Peterson is not an incel God? Like, of course he could be like incels might revere him. And you know, that might not be his intended, you know, like core message, but that could be part of his message, whether he wants it or not. Like the same way that anyone can interpret how we are. It's like a guilt by association type thing. It's like these people are bad in our opinion and they like you, therefore you are bad. But it has nothing I think to do you're saying something, like, I think you're saying something a little more interesting and complex. Are you basically saying that regardless of how you truly would characterize a person objectively, even if you would try their, their intention, their intention, that if I parse out a meaning from what somebody says and I have a subjective belief about how that message is transmitted to me, then that is in and of itself also yes, accurate. And you can't control that. Of course not. Like, you can't. Yeah. So like if that is the way that he's interpreted, then I think he's saying, sure, so be it. And like, I, that, I, that is, that was his response. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah. that's fair. Like, you know, if, if we get interpreted as like incel gods, like who are we to so, say that? So there's not, a great example know? of that. We swim in the messy gray. We try to go through these things, but we also say some things that if you take them out of context by themselves would be absolutely ridiculous. We make a lot of, Jokes, we curse a lot, we like do all these things. Stephen just imitated two black guys. Like, that's pretty bad. I mean, that's pretty cancelable. No, I'm kidding, Stephen. You're fine. But if you take that, we, we are going to just cut that out. No, right? no, it's great. No, because it actually proves the point. And that's why I like that we're having a meta discussion about it, right? If you take that and you pulled it out and you put it on YouTube and you go, look at what Stephen just did or look at what Armand just said, an entire group of people would believe. Armand hates Persian people, you know? You hate Persian people? Yeah, big time. And they would just be like, oh, wow, that's a thing. And they could believe that. And according to you, that's okay. And I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's you can't control it. You can't control it. So it has to be okay. Like, it just is the way that it's interpreted. So is trying to correct the narrative ever worthwhile? Of course. And I think he, that like he went out and cried about it because he's like trying to correct the narrative. (laughs) I don't think he cried about it. Well, I don't know if he cried about it or not. You guys told me he cried about it. I think he cried. No, he definitely cried. I I watched the the video. He definitely cried. cried. Did he cry because he was thinking about himself or others? I think he cried because he felt genuinely I don't Bad. think there's anything that's wrong about crying to begin with. So I don't think there's a big difference. I don't give a shit about crying. I agree crying. with that. I agree with I that. I think crying's I, fine. But I'm, I'm, cry I'm right now. after seeing the guy cry many times, I can tell he's crying when he thinks about these existential things. Sure. But like, I wouldn't admonish him for crying 
for something less. Like, who cares? He cried okay. again. Like, Fair who enough. cares? All right, so we're Fair all enough. pro crying. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm That's very pro, pro. We're all crying. we're all strong men in touch with our emotions. Well, the, I yeah. mean, I broke the cry barrier last episode. So you sure did. Yeah. And people have been talking. Were you about the first you. person to cry <laughs> on the pod? That's what Eric said. I've cried from laughter many times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like I literally cry every movie I watch. Oh, same. It's like even a comedy. I'm like bawling my eyes out. I cry in like rom, rom, not not in rom coms, but in like the serious romantic ones sometimes. Oh, well, the rom coms so always try to bring it back to sentimentality. Rom coms are like too cheesy. I can't. They're cry way them. too cheesy. Oh, I'm bawling no, every I time. Yeah. I, I cried very hard in like the theory of everything. Oh I'm man, like, I just rewatched that. Huge uh, tearjerker. I, uh, I cried. Um, what's the uh, Nick's Goat Turing movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I just uh, rewatched that. Damn. Yeah. What's that called um, again? Imitation Game. Imitation Game. Yeah. Didn't yeah. cry during, during that one, but it, it was. It, it's it, touching. I, it was right in the feels there. Yeah. It was yeah. anything sentimental. Also, but the point the point is, <laughs> is that not. It's It's not controllable, but I just think it's lame. To write an article about somebody, well, I think it's totally like cowardly that. that they would write an article that says, that's like, the "Hey, this guy cried." Like, that's it's lame. So lame, of course. Okay, so Vanity Fair canceled. I mean, we're canceling them. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a Jordan they, Peterson. They just watcher. wrote one of the recaps. You're canceling everybody on the internet, basically. No, I know, I know. All right, next up, <laughs> Eric yeah, style. Do, yeah, what do we got next? Um, you want to go one more? All let's right. do yes. one let's more. Let's do it. Let's let's let's. You want to do something lighthearted? Like, is Putin going to end the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Nice right. and easy. Yeah. Nice, nice and, and easy. Okay. Nice and easy. So, yeah, there's been lots of uh, videos going around Twitter talks that like uh, Putin is mobilizing a a train, the nuclear train, called the nuclear train because you know it. It Trans- holds nukes. Yeah, yeah there's the branding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's the name he gave it, but it's apparently moving towards uh, Ukraine. They've also deployed uh, the world's largest submarine with some uh, drone capabilities. Uh, they, they call it the Apocalypse Drone, which sounds really you know pretty hearted and yeah. and fun. Um, so that's happening. I, I was actually listening to uh, Colin last night on the uh, post. Uh, all in recap that they do there. And, uh, that's a thing. Yeah. And it was really good. Actually, it was, it was a good combo. Naval was speaking. Um, and he was speaking very passionately about this topic. He was, he was kind of distressed. I think he thought like we were really whistling past the graveyard and, and, and dropping the ball in, in, in many ways. Uh, I think we actually haven't really talked a lot about Ukraine lately. We, we, talked about it a little when it when it first came but then we kind of got tired of bringing it up and we're not not like foreign policy experts uh, or anything but um i don't know did you guys see the speech putin gave like a few days ago I didn't see it but i read it was like really dark and Ominous. fire and brimstone and like, like he had this line in it where he basically directly called out hiroshima in, in Nagasaki and called them precedent. Uh, so like, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm concerned. I don't know. No, what, I'm what at the think? point where I think this is, yeah, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. You think nukes are happening. Yeah. You think I like think more than 50%? I, I don't know more, but I would place this at high, man. Higher than it's ever been. What's sure. high for you? 30 to 40%. Holy shit. That's very high. Yeah. 
that's, that's I think really this is hard. happening. So and no like, one's going to stop him. It would mark the end of uh, his reign for sure. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. I don't yes. think anyone's going to do a goddamn thing about it. Oh, it'd be the end of it'd be the end of this war well, for sure. Let, I don't. I don't know. Can you tell me why? Uh, just because, like, the whole world understands that nuclear threat is like uh, beyond borders. It's like this is this is a a real problem for civilization. We would, I think, band together to stop that. What would be the response? You think? I don't. Uh, you don't think they would prevent it? No. Right? Wait. Let's let's no, define no. the nuclear. Yeah. What if it's a tactical battlefield nuke? One of the little guys, and it's done on a non-NATO country where we're so, not technically bound. So to right now in. the U S is shipping dollars to Ukraine and it's like every month it's like, a, you know, 13 billion more or whatever. And, um, you know, we haven't actually deployed any, uh, resources in terms of like boots on the ground. We haven't like fought back. If he deploys a nuclear device, uh, it would, it would mark our, uh, introduction into a war. I, I disagree Pearl Harbor for was the, the same way. D Day was. I like, disagree would, for the very reason him. that you state. It'd be because over for him. I, what I do you mean over for him? No, though? like what, play because it out. What we does that mean, will over? intervene. We will destroy. not intervene because that would mark the beginning yeah, of like, World what if War we III. We will not intervene. Yeah, I am so strong on this. We're going to watch it happen. It's becoming more likely than ever. We're going. He's 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 never backed down. He's going to do it. Because he's he's literally barely even being pushed anymore. It's almost like he's doing it for show. You know, he's saying, he said, what, today, yesterday, we're going to get back all the territories. Don't worry. They're all ours. We're not, you know, we're not giving anything back. He's going to drop a nuke or it's going to be one of these battlefield ones or whatever you're talking about, a little baby one. A lot of people are going to die. The world is going to grieve and no one's going to move a finger. <laughs> you know why? Because nobody wants World War III. If one country moves... It's over for everybody. We have to literally watch. That's what's tragic about this. We're going to watch potentially million people die. And I'm going to say it is it is the start of World War III. I don't think there can be any reaction, dude. If there is any reaction whatsoever, it's not just the U.S. intervening. It could be anyone intervening. That would mark the beginning of the no, most. It's the world intervening. Like the world would intervene against that. Even if the world goes against him, he's got a ton of nukes. And it, nobody wants to take that challenge on. Nobody wants to the, do that. I don't. Even if it was Russia, even, even if the I world. don't disagree that it's the end of him, before it's the end of him, like doesn't he just launch a nuke to Britain and like every city in the in the in in the European Union at a minimum? If if it if it was that there was some kind of end coming for him, yeah, you get like a he's going to keep playing the like guy with nothing to lose. A thing. wild animal backed into a corner is going to. Like That's what I worry about. That we're just like backing him into a corner. That's why I thought like Elon's. The tweet was like kind of reasonable yeah right it it seems Speaking sort of saying it's maybe not exactly well thought out maybe there's a couple things but like w- what is the end game like the end game is either he gets some sort of golden bridge to get out and save face and say he got something he wanted or what is the alternative you just back him into a corner where it becomes absolutely desperate like i think a lot of people don't realize like he's getting pressure from like insiders in his country for like not being hawkish enough. He's not like getting pressure from people for like going to war. They're just like, what do you No, he's also you getting pressure for pulling 300,000 people. You no, know, he's getting, he's getting some pressure from like people on the internet in Russia, but like the insiders in Russia, I think like the hardliners are like applying power. They're, I, 
I mean, from everything, like, like I, I got this from Sachs and the Vol. They're very confident that like he is like getting pressure from the hardliners for not being hawkish enough. So like, I don't know if I buy that end of the, the, the theory, you know, and I don't think the world uh, rolls over if he starts using nuclear warfare, the, the world does not. Well, I don't think we, so. If I, we play that out, yeah. Eric, let's say the world obviously would unite against Russia. If, if he, well, moved. you're saying obviously, but I, I, that's what I'm saying, but you're, you're disagreeing with me. So no, 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 I don't disagree that the world would unite against Russia. I disagree that there would be a reaction of any kind. So let's just say that the world, and now let's play out what the you're world saying. unites in thoughts and prayers. Yeah. That's, that's the world reaction. Yeah. But the reaction you're stating would be a real action. Yeah. And I think let's play that out. I think it's a, it, I think it's a global line in the sand. Like anyone who uses nukes, anyone, mm -hmm. the world is going to respond to that. And how would they respond to it by nuking the shit out of them? No, just kinetically. We would, we would go to war. Like right now we're sending money. We're not at war. We but us, go war. us going to war ends in, in nukes. Right? There can't be an escalation. That's the, that's this is the like challenge. The, it's like the biggest high stakes poker game that's like ever. ever been played. It's like the ultimate bluff call. Right. Like, cause like from his perspective, like the way the game theory seems to play out, like it's like, okay, like nuking a NATO country seems obviously bad. But like, if you tactically nuke like a segment of Ukraine, like how would you categorize Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Are those tactical nukes incinerating two hundred k people immediately? I would, like, I would not consider those to be like tactical nukes. No. Yeah. So we're we're talking about something subjective yeah. right now. Because I'm saying like, like I don't think I don't think he tactical. Yeah. Like I don't think if he escalates, he escalates just dropping a big bomb on like like a like a just sending a missile to a big city. I don't right. Think he would do and, that. and like, let's be clear. I'm saying the word nuke to mean like, you know, we've all kind of agreed globally that there's a line in the sand. No one's going to use nukes. You're using tactical bomb and we're not defining what that means. So like, you know, I think it's important to say like, you know, if he incinerates 200 K people right off the bat, I uh, think the world responds. Yeah. I think when people say like tactical battlefield nukes, they're, they're talking about these more controlled generally in a non populated area type things. Which is kind of the equivalent of like being in a crowd, just whipping out your gun, being like, "I got a gun, I'm fucking crazy," right? That's like the the thing you do for. It doesn't make a lot of sense for him to just go nuke a city, right? That's sort of the end of everything, right? It, it doesn't make sense from him, but it does make sense to kind of, I think, from like a from like a game theory perspective, like pull out like a little one and throw something somewhere and be like, "I am not fucking around." Like you guys keep calling my bluffs, and then like. It puts you in a position where it's like, well, what are you going to do? You're going to end the world over like a little battlefield nuke that kills like a thousand people. Right. Can't probably, but in probably either not. of those scenarios, whether it's a battlefield nuke or a real full blown Hiroshima style nuke, I don't think there's any response. I can't believe we held this topic to the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have probably done the other one as a palate cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Um, really into black cherry? <laughs> I'm not a black cherry guy. No, that no. is fucking blasphemous. I can't eat ice cream because I'm pretty lactose intolerant. All right, cool. First so of all, should we just end it there, Eric style? <laughs> all right, thank you, everybody. Uh, Shut up. <laughs> fruity ice cream is an atrocity. I agree. It has to be creamy. No, fruity thank ice cream you. is amazing. No, no, no. Uh, no, 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 no. Sugary, I will, sugary, creamy I will goodness. hold my Cookies and What are you, like a sorbet guy? 
No, you want cookies and shit in there, like yeah. sugar. Yeah, like my, a chocolate chip cookie dough. Thank you. Snickerdoodle. Oh, yes. no. Some kind of Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, Talenti. Do you know that Italian brand? I'm all about Talenti. Talenti salted caramel. Oh. Uh, I won't even go back to can ice we, cream. Can we gelato. focus yeah. on the end of the world? No, no, no. We, we're think, past that. I think we, we already we, moved we, on. We already passed that. <laughs> we, had to, we had to end with a little sweet. Yeah. A little sweet. Um, That's fine. Okay. We'll just, let's just pretend we didn't even talk about that. Ice cream was great. Rough. Thanks, was everybody. Rough. But um, yeah, hopefully, peace for the world, man, because that, that's uh, that's not what we want to see. Uh, all right. So yeah, I, I guess next time for us, maybe we'll give a little more thought to the uh, order in which we broach the topic. Sure. And then, uh, hey, I like the popcorn. You know, but all like right. overall, I had, I had a lot of fun with this, I, I will say. Eric had like a uh, like a gavel throughout oh, yeah. the well, whole next thing. Time yeah, we should get him a, a little gavel. literal gavel. He I'm going like to bring like a, an electronic scoreboard from like my old high school basketball mm. days and be like, Armand, beep, beep, beep. Can you wear a judge's <laughs> wig? <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's going to be like uh, Ari and just going to whip out the paintball gun. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> I like it. We probably need that. I, I don't want to get shot with a paintball gun. Well, I meant we need the interjections to move on sometimes. Oh. Yeah. It's it's a good mix. Yeah. It was good. All right. Cool. All right. We love you guys. Good stuff. Let man. us know what you thought of that intellectual shit show. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Peace.